and welcome to Binge Bitch Podcast. My name is Kara, and I am your host. And this week's episode is called Bitch Jack Horseman. And if you can't tell, maybe I shouldn't have set up the episode names this way, because sometimes they don't always work. Also, another working title is Bitching Around, but you wouldn't get that unless you've already seen the show. But anyway, we're talking about BoJack Horseman. And today I have a very special guest you all know and love from episode one. Let's hear it for Mason, my fiance. Happy to be on. Okay, I don't know if the mic's going to pick that up. He just did a little cheer for himself in case you couldn't hear it. But Mason and I actually watched BoJack together. Well, that's not true. You watched it with me after you watched it. That'd be right. I don't don't know when you watched it, but I watched it. We watched it. Was it my freshman year of college? That sounds right. Which is two years ago now? Yeah. Three? Two and a half. 2020. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, there's some... Anyway, there's some context. And if you want to watch the show after we're done talking about it, uh, you can find it on Netflix. But we're going to go ahead and dive right in. And I'm going to tell you right now what the show's about. Uh, first of all, it came out in 2014, and it ended in 2020. So the show is about a 90s TV star who is also a horse. That's something very important to talk about. There are humans and horse people, well, animal people in this world, which is something very important. And so Bojack was a star in the 90s on a a very successful TV show, Horsin' Around, where he adopted three kids, I believe. Yes, it was three kids and he raised them and they were human children and that's basically his whole little stick for that little show there and so now it's what what year was it it's in the 2000s now yes it's almost present day it's yeah it's pretty much day. present day it's that's when it's taking place and anyway so now he's he's a television star that's really been like his only thing he's done and now he's kind of just in a rut and he's not a great guy and it just kind of follows him around and he also has some friends he's what he's wanting to do is he wants to get out of the rut so he's gonna try and write a book but he's really bad at writing it so he gets a ghostwriter diane and then she's actually dating we find out mr peanut butter who is someone who was in a show that was based off of Bojack's show. It was basically just a rip-off. It was just a rip-off. That's exactly what it was. And then, because he was a dog that adopted two human children, and it was just, they did all the same stuff. And then he, it also follows his agent, um, Princess Carolyn, and his live-in roommate, well, of course, because if you're a roommate, they live with you. Um, <laughs> Todd, who lives on his couch. And so it just kind of follows that around and all the stuff he does. And as he's trying to write this book is what basically that first season's about anyway. Yeah, that's a pretty big focal point. I think a big thing to mention is you mentioned that like he hasn't done much. Right. And you mentioned about him being in a rut. <clears throat> I think it's important to kind of notice that it wasn't just like a... I've recently been in a rut. This has been years and years of him being in this rut. Oh, yeah. He's much older now by this point. He is the definition of a washed celebrity, if you would use that term, where they're entirely... 
you only know them for their one project 15 years ago, and he's desperately trying to break out of the mold of being Right, because whenever anyone sees him, they always go, is that the horse from horsing around? And that slowly becomes, it's part of a joke for a while, but it slowly starts to become almost a sad thing at certain points. There are definitely moments in the show where you see it, and it's not really played as a joke as much as it's played as a very heart- hurtful moment for BoJack. Right. Well, and here's a here's a spoiler. Not really, but this is not a feel good show. This is not a happy show. It's a comedy, but it's also kind of it's weird. It's all it's pretty dark in its humor, and it's also it it can be satirical at times, and then it also. BoJack's not really a good person. He's our main character, but and you want to root for him a lot of the time, but a lot of times he makes some pretty bad decisions. Obviously, not gonna yeah. go into detail about that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the thing. He digs his own grave a lot of the time. Is the thing, and unlike like I talked about last week in. If you watched, if you listened, you can't watch the podcast. If you listen to the one about uh, Velma, uh, it's it's like that. He's a bad person. Like most of them aren't good people, I'd argue. But the difference is there are actually consequences, which makes things more interesting. I would say, as a counterpoint, I would say almost every character there are consequences to actions, and while people act terrible, they do suffer things. Where it's not like how I would explain it's either solved in an episode or it's something that's inconsequential to the story normally these moments really do fracture relationships between the characters however I think a huge issue with Bojack is the fact that he really isn't punished for a lot of what he does and I think that drives his character as someone who desperately needs something to put him back oh in track. no yeah you're right you're right actually because at first he he does get away with it and sometimes there's little minor consequences but a lot of the time he does get away with it because he's a celebrity i think it talks a lot about the culture of a celebrity and how we don't i think now as a culture we've kind of evolved a bit past the point but even then to today you still see celebrities that do heinous and horrible things that kind of get let off with a slap on the wrist simply because they are famous right well yeah because you could say we've evolved but really i'm not gonna go on too much of a tangent here but we really haven't it still holds up today because i don't know if any of y'all know anything about chris brown don't go stream his music he's a terrible person he beat up his girlfriend rihanna of all people at one point and that's not really saying anything you shouldn't beat anyone um but and he's still he's still a celebrated um music star like like he's he's still at the grammys he's still at all the things even though he literally almost killed her no there's so there are a lot of people that get away with things and even still today so it's it that's that's kind of what goes on though but with that being said, I feel it is a show that talks a lot more about consequences. And while it is a comedy, it takes itself seriously and it does have messages it wants to talk about throughout the show. It's not just... I don't think almost any episode in the entire series is a one-off or what you would call a bottle episode, essentially, where the story is non-consequential if you've seen it or not. I think every episode builds on its another within the world to some extent so it's not something you can kind of skip around and play for fun it's something you have to kind of watch begin to end it is very story driven in that sense i agree with that because that's really how you see his character start to change over time and then 
Um, so that that also reminds me of a very important point. The first season of the show is very different from the other five seasons. There's six seasons total, and the first one, it kind of just tries to find its footing and it finds itself. It's not bad. I really enjoyed the first season, but it's not at all like the rest of it. It focuses a lot more on the comedy, but it doesn't have more of his dark actions. It's just like some stuff like he took some muffins from a store that someone else wanted to buy and he bought made a point of buying them even though he didn't want them just because the person was kind of rude to him and that's the whole thing and but as you go on a lot he makes a lot of wor- way worse choices that have much bigger consequences not only for him but for the people around him Oh, absolutely, and not to get too much in detail, but you start getting into, I think it's the end of the first season where it truly kind of finds its footing. <clears throat> I would argue, while the first season isn't bad, it is definitely the weakest of the six seasons, and I think that's just due to the fact that it really hasn't found what it's supposed to be as a TV show at this point. It's not until there's a certain episode in season one where you get to see a much more, I would say, traumatic moment for BoJack, and not to get too much, but there was... Uh, the way I would describe it is just a very close friend of his that he turned his back on years ago and you kind of have to see that relationship that he's torn up at that moment and unlike other shows especially comedies where you kind of see a well it's going to be alright at the end of the episode or something they'll get back together you realize that's not the case this type of show that Bojack has permanently ruined something close that's true not everything is resolved just at the end of the 26 minutes and even argue most things are not resolved it's kind of it takes a more real life approach where you can't just solve something something horrible's happened but in five minutes later everyone's all right with it yeah you can't just fix it with a simple sorry no it is a permanent kind of issue on his relationships and put strains on ones that even long term you'll see some characters that are in the show that are main characters that do have a strain in their relationship just based on the numerous actions bojack or even some of the other characters have committed and I think that's part of what makes it so much more interesting than some other shows. Like, I was talking about Velma. Like, nothing nothing really happens based on these actions. So it's like, it's kind of a, okay, so what? Why, why does it matter then at all what they're doing? Like, why are we watching it? Oh, yeah. And I understand with Velma that it's, they talked about having awful characters. But I don't know. I think a big part of what makes BoJack work is the fact that while they have awful characters, they're not celebrated for being awful, nor are they even treated like it's an okay thing to do. There's definitely... You feel a lot of things, especially in the worst moments for Bojack, you don't see it as a justified thing, nor do you see it as a, well, that's just him. You feel disgust when you see these actions he commits, and you you're hurt by what he does. You can't really forgive what he does in certain aspects. Right, and even though he doesn't always face the consequences at first, it's still always, like, people will still call him out. Like, Diane will usually call him out or somebody, so. Yes. Diane, as the ghostwriter, and it's... While that is just a single arc in the entire show, I think it's important that Diane kind of holds that relationship with Bojack throughout the entire of the series she's one of the closest people to bojack in her entire show and she's not afraid to call out bojack for actions he's committed you'll see a lot that she learns stuff that no one knows because bojack's willing to open up about it and she's willing to call out 
I understand that certain aspects of your life may not have been great, but you can't act like this just because you've had a rough life thus far, essentially. That's true, and that's something else we'll get into in a minute. Um, I actually wanted to talk about some of the favorite episodes or seasons, and I'll go ahead and let you go first. Ooh. I'm going to try to have to think of a way to word my favorite episode without getting a spoiler heavy, because it is the penultimate episode. You would well, think. you can always just say, like, the episode title. It doesn't okay. have to be, like, you don't have to give me a rundown of the whole thing. I was just curious. I think they're both late season episodes, but... The view from halfway down would have been the penultimate episode. I would say it's overall my favorite of That's all. a really good one. And I think Free Churro has to be a second favorite. And I had to argue, while I'm not going to go too in detail about actually what happens, I would argue both are very in-depth overlooks of BoJack's kind of mental state and where he is as a character. In fact, Free Churro, while I'm not going to display the premise at all, he's the only one who speaks the entire episode. It's not an episode in which he goes to different sets and speaks to all his kind of supporting cast or other leads. It is purely Bojack in a single room for the entire episode. Right. Well, until the very end, then you see some other people, but even then still, it's just him talking, and it's pretty much just like a monologue. It is. It is, by all means, I would argue, just a 22, 23-minute monologue, and I think it's done perfectly. There's never a moment in that episode where I felt it was dragging on, nor did I feel bored. Which is incredible for a 23 almost still shot of just speaking. But I will say a lot of it is extremely interesting and extremely... I think it lets you get to see closer into the character that is Bojack in that episode. And same thing goes for The View from halfway down. While it's not in that sense of just being a monologue episode, you do get to see a lot of Bojack's mental state and you get to see kind of how Bojack views himself in relation to everyone around him. Yeah. So, my some a couple of my favorites. I love the view from halfway down. That's probably up there for me. But I was going to talk about uh, season four, episodes two and 11. And that would be The Old Sugarman Place and Time Zero. And I really like both of these. And they're kind of similar. The Old Sugarman Place, Bojack goes to his old family's a vacation home that they'd go to in the summer and he goes and he just kind of fixes it up with someone he meets there and it goes in and out of present time and the past and then you get to see like his part of his mother's life and like just kind of what she's been through and why she's the way she is and why she treated Bojack how she did because I'll I mean this isn't much of a spoiler because you're not I'm not going to tell you anything she did but he didn't have the greatest upbringing she wasn't always the best mother really and then um in time zero it's it's pretty much just her story is all it is yes and then you get to see how she meets Bojack's dad and like how like they meet and when he's born and all the things and it, I just like it I think it's very interesting oh absolutely I think a big part of both episodes really detail and make a statement about a cycle of abuse, especially the domestic matters. You can tell right. very clearly that Bojack's mother was mentally, and you can even argue physically, it looked like abuse to this sense. Like she was dictated by her father was a huge aspect of that, and you see that that's passed down from her Bojack's grandparents 
to Bojack from his mother and father. And you kind of see these toxic traits come out of Bojack simply because he's been in generations of family drama. Right. So the the show definitely, in case you can haven't picked it up so far, it definitely ta- tackles some heavy issues. It does stuff like that. It talks about like celebrities getting away with stuff. It also has episodes talking about like shootings and abortions and all kinds of stuff. And it's very political. There's even one where they they act like they're talking about improv, but it's actually about Scientology. And it, I, that one's pretty funny too. Um, but it, it just covers a lot of stuff that other TV shows don't typically go into. But it's I still think it's very interesting and it's still very funny. But also it makes you think. And a lot of the time, unlike a normal comedy or what you'd expect from one, it, it leaves you feeling kind of sad at the end. Which is really interesting because there aren't a lot of comedies that I've seen anyway that make you feel that way at the end of an episode you don't go and watch Seinfeld and go oh oh and then you end it and you're like man I want to cry yes I do want to point out that Bojack does have its comedy moments it is by definition I would argue a comedy it's a big part of the show but as Kara mentioned a major component is they kind of hit early on and the end of each episode are pretty story driven most of the time you'll recognize that the jokes are in between but the last minute or so on average don't have a lot of jokes it is almost consistently that the last minute is pretty heavy handed stuff for most episodes and especially your episodes that they're intending to be a big emotional hit you'll realize the last few minutes the jokes kind of stop all together and you're purely there for kind of the story of bojack but there are still some really funny moments and a lot of the characters are pretty funny not just um bojack horseman who and everyone in the show is a comedian um bojack horseman is played by will arnett um and I'm sure he's in a lot of things, but what I know him for is BoJack, and before that, the Lego Batman movie is Lego Batman. I'm sure that's not the work he's most proud of, but he should be. goodness knows that's one of my favorites, and I'm not even joking about that. <laughs> I would argue he should be proud of that one. I would say I, I think that's the one he should get an Oscar for. I don't doubt about um, it. It's a little late, but I think he deserves it. And then it also has, um, if you've seen Breaking Bad, Jesse Pinkman's actor plays Todd, um, Aaron Paul, and he he's hilarious. He's the com- the comedy relief a lot of the time. His character's really funny, and I he's my favorite. I love him. Oh, yeah, and I think they do a few episodes about Todd and kind of go into his story, but I would argue most of them are comedic relief. That's his point. And it makes sense to have people like that in a uh, comedy, of course. Well, most of them are, but he actually has... We get to go into some deeper, darker parts of his life, too. Although, he's... I'd say he's a pretty good guy. Most of the stuff isn't really his fault. He's just along for the ride. No, I don't think they ever picture him in such a way that... I can't really name a lot of things, if anything, that Todd did that was malicious in attempt. Yeah, I'd say he's probably, like the most innocent of all the characters not that anyone really does anything morally wrong on purpose well a lot of the time but i i think he's probably 
the most well-off, even though he's the one living on Bojack's couch and, you know. And maybe that's a slight juxtaposition to kind of, you know, seeing all the extremely wealthy celebrities that have just a lot going on. They're not happy, while on the opposite end, you have someone who's literally just living on the couch who owns nothing is probably being one of the happier characters. Yeah. And I think it is interesting to have that kind of concept of people who have literally everything, but at the same time aren't content with life. And it's kind of I like... think, And I think that's another important thing to talk about in the series. Bojack, like I said, he's in a rut. He's not happy with what he's done. He thinks he can be more than just a TV star on a, just one show that did good and now people kind of like think poorly of. And he, he just, he's depressed. He has substance abuse problems with drugs and alcohol and he just has like meaningless sex with a lot of people he's just he's got a lot of stuff going on all the time he's got a lot of issues and he's definitely a very flawed character and it's just very interesting to watch a story and like you want to root for him but at the same time when he makes such poor decisions like you're like should I really be rooting for this guy but I, I just think it's interesting when a show makes you do that. When it's kind of like, I don't know if this is really the same thing, but kind of like an anti-hero. Like, when you watch Venom, or have you seen Breaking Bad with Walter White? Like, you want to root for him. Like, you're like, no, he's doing the right thing. And then you get in, you're like, ah, maybe he's not all that great. Maybe, maybe this isn't really that good of a guy. And I always, I just really think that's an interesting thing to do that people do with stories. That's always been really intriguing to me. I don't know about you. No, I agree. And I think it does, uh, it plays on kind of the traditional structure of how a story is set up. Naturally, when you establish a protagonist, you'll kind of forgive things. And I think that's a case where even like where it's not an anti-hero, there are flawed protagonists that I don't think were ever intentionally supposed to be flawed in like main book series and movies that people are willing to overlook their negatives simply because they are the hero. And I think an interesting concept for the anti-hero is the fact that people know you're willing to forgive a protagonist a lot more than you probably should. So pushing that boundary as far as it can go is a very interesting topic that I think is a bit more... It's happening a bit more now in media. I'm certain it's not a new idea, but it has certainly kind of been in the mainstream recently. Right. Well, and you do see in some newer stuff that's come out, like something we've been watching a lot is The Last of Us, and people have to make complicated decisions, you know, because, like, if it's the end of the world, like, what do you do? Who do you prioritize? Or even, like, Tony Stark from Marvel. It's like... Oh, he's kind of a jerk, but, like, he's got some good stuff going for him, and you still want to root for him, and, like, it's just interesting what you're willing to excuse. It's I just always thought that was interesting, and I think that's a cool thing when they portray them one way, even though they still have all these flaws. Oh, yeah, of course, I think. And then they push that up to a point where you're like, oh... I don't I don't know that I can support this. Oh yeah. Of Not course. that that happens in those other ones really, but in this one you have your moments where you're like, "Man, that was a that was a really dumb decision and I don't know that I can support that." Oh, absolutely. I think there are certainly moments and I'm not going to mention it directly, but there is a pretty big moment where I could argue there's just 
there isn't an excuse. There's no way I could justify Bojack as a character based on some of these actions. And I think Karen knows which one I'm thinking of. I can think of several, several. actually. I know which one you're talking about, but I know of several. Oh, yes. and it, As you get further and further in. Some of these problems range from just obvious nefarious and awful to deeply upsetting. It's not so much just a surface level. It's already bad on the surface level, but once you think about it, it runs a lot deeper, basically. Right. Well, and so, let's see here. I had a couple more things I wanted to talk about. And so, why do you why do you think that, well, first of all, I'm not going to jump jump the gun here. Is it bingeable? What do you think? I think it's certainly, that's a hard one, actually. I want to say it's bingeable because I really enjoy the show. And... <clears throat> I think it's very captivating. You're going to want to see what happens next. I'm not sure if I could hit the amount of just emotional damage that Bojack Horseman does back to back to back. I feel at some point you might reach a point where you have to take a break. But when I say, do I want to take a break in the sense that I'm not interested? Absolutely not. I'd watch as much as I could. But you kind of reach an emotional wall in my sense where I'm like, I just have to take a moment. This is getting too rough. You know what? That's actually pretty interesting because I didn't even consider that. I was just like, no, I like the show. And, well, if you remember when we were watching it, we would watch, like, several episodes in a night after we were done with homework because they're each 26 minutes only, which is pretty good at, like, that's easy to binge. It's way easier than, like, an hour-long show. Like, you can watch a ton of them, and it's, like, no time's passed. But then, like, I remember we would watch one, and it would be sad, and then you'd be like, I don't want to watch this anymore. And I'm like, wait, but I need to know what happens next. And you're like, I've already seen it. I don't want to see what happens next quite yet. And they're like, oh, okay. So, nice. I don't know. I would I would binge it. I've, I've seen it a couple times now, and I think I would still binge it. But now I also know what's happening, but... I definitely wanted to the first time just because being left on a cliffhanger is not something I enjoy. I like to go to the next one, and that's why I love these shows that are already done and have so many episodes that are already up. Oh, absolutely. And this is a real short tangent, but I would say that is a great aspect of shows that are already completed when it comes to binging. Now, obviously, we're facing that problem with The Last of Us right now where... Oh, it's been so it's been so hard because it comes out every Sunday and we're we're down to the last episode that's coming out now for the first season and I have no idea what I'm gonna do with myself on every Sunday now. No, and that's seeing stuff live is very cool. You get to experience it with the world, but you also have to wait with everyone else. Well and with that it just comes spoilers because like I've have to stay off Instagram because like not all of our friends that we were watching it with were here, so I had to just stay off the internet because I knew it would be ruined for me if I got on there. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't really happen with Bojack. You might see some. Yeah, it doesn't out. really happen with shows that have been out for a while, and that's something that's really nice. Oh, yeah. I think with Bojack, I may have seen things about Bojack, but it had been so far removed that I didn't quite remember anything or how... Well, and also, as long as you're not on, like, Reddit, on the subreddit, like, r slash Bojack Horseman, I don't know where you're going to get any spoilers. Like, you may see some memes or something, but nothing really spoils anything. Oh, yeah. I think that's a 
fair assumption to make. Yeah, I don't I don't know many people that talk about it on a day-to-day basis. But, but so, well, I think it's bingeable. So, were you a yes or a no, or are you kind of undecided on that now? That's, that's a much harder situation. I would say I'm undecided. If it was between I, you and your God. <laughs> yeah, that's the situation I would say. I think that's a perfect way to put it. I think after you've watched it, it's definitely bingeable, however. I think once you're kind of ready for the punches, it's not as bad. I come in knowing what I'm... At least nothing's going to come as a surprise. When you see it for the first time, some of these are a huge shock, and it kind of is a lot to take in emotionally at first. So once you're back in on a rewatch, I at least am mentally prepared to see what's about to happen. Yeah. Well, it's my show. I'm going to go ahead and say it's bingeable. Um, but where's where some of the reasons that people might find it more cringe? Or dare I say cringeable? Make up a little word there. That's a fun word you got there. No, it's not. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> um, so, obviously, don't like drugs, alcohol, or cursing. Maybe give it a pass. There's a whole bunch of it in that here. That is a constant theme. And another thing, sex, uh, strippers. Uh, I would say it's... A lot, of, a lot of stuff like that, too. I would say, again... It's, it's pretty brief, though, most of the time when that happens. I would so. say it was a bit more prevalent in your first season i think that was a it still happens well, in the rest but i would say it happened a lot more in the first season than the rest but still i don't know about that <laughs> it happens it happens throughout yeah maybe but the first season yeah probably probably worse but um that's really all we have for today um i would definitely at least at least give well, I would say give one episode a watch, but you can't base it off the first season, so at least give the first season and part of season two a watch, and then determine if you want to keep going from there, or do whatever you want. It's really up to you, but trust me, you're going to want to watch it. You don't want to miss out. But that's all I have for today. That's all the time we have. This has been uh, the Binge Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Kara, and today we had very special guest, my fiancé, Mason. Go ahead and say your last words nice of wisdom. Being, nice being back on. That's all Alrighty. I got. Alrighty. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>